everybody. Welcome to Life Awakening. Let's talk about it. I'm your hostess with the most is Coach Kelly Tammy out here in beautiful San Diego, California. It is Sunday, March 31st, and it is 75 degrees and sunny out here in beautiful San Diego. And uh, I know my folks out of the Midwest and up in Toronto, Canada that listen pretty regularly, they are getting hit with some snow today. Guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I, I'm wearing tank tops, shorts, and flip-flops today, so don't hate me for loving <laughs> some Southern California weather. But I just want to thank you guys for showing up and showing out each and every week. I love you guys. I got a lot of inboxes about last week's Car Chronicles. I am so glad that you guys love that. I know that, you know, driving the car, there was some background noise. But, you know, I really wanted to touch on, you know, women believing and feeling like they are not enough and you know, it's been a, a subject that's been close to my heart because for a really long time, I felt like I was not enough. And, you know, I'm human. And I there are moments even in my last relationship where I felt like I was not enough, like everything I did was not good enough. And, you know, I, I had to change my own story. I had to walk my talk. So this week, it's a little bit of a continuation of that, not totally a big continuation of that. But this week, what we're going to talk about is don't believe the hype. And what I mean by that is, you know, one of my listeners said she's in her later 20s. She's 27, 28, I think. And she says she's got friends that are going through relationships and they're talking about, oh, he's my soulmate. And, you know, after they've been married for a couple of years and now they're fighting all the time, fighting out in public and they're getting divorced and going through all this. And, you know, she doesn't want to go through that. And, you know, she she wants to hear more about, like, what does a healthy relationship look like? What does a fairy tale relationship look like and I'm just here to tell you right now like don't believe the hype about the fairy tale relationships like how many princesses uh do you know in the fairy tales that got their ass handed to them by their boyfriend because they said something wrong you know it, it it's not I don't want to say that the fairy tales are bad because they give us hope especially as a little girl and as a child but as we grow up, we have to cultivate a relationship that is perfect for us. And when I mean by perfect, I mean that person is as close to perfect as they can be to match what it is that I am bringing to the table. I don't believe, and let me clarify this, I, I personally don't believe that any of us will ever be perfect. We can always strive for perfection. And even in a relationship, I don't think there is a perfect relationship. I think even even my friends who have been married for 30 plus, 40 plus, 50 plus years, they will tell you that their relationship is not perfect, but their mate is perfect for them. They don't believe that their mate is perfect. They don't believe that they are perfect, but they believe their mate is a perfect fit, is the yin to their yang. But they still have the trials and tribulations. They still have the arguments and disagreements, but they do it in a way that they can still come together as a couple when it's all said and done. They can still say, I love you after the disagreement. And I think that's kind of what I want to touch on today. And I, you know, I've been through two marriages and 
I've been through some really jacked up relationships and I don't have all the answers. So I, I want to preface this by saying that I don't have all the answers. I do have a lot of good tools. I do have a lot of good insight from my own experiences and what I've gone through. Like I'm, I'm 51. And as I've been very clear, I'm in the dating world now and uh, going out with people and I date online. And, and so I have a lot of insight on what it is that I want in a relationship and how I came up with those parameters of what it is that I want or not in a relationship, what I'm willing to accept or not in a relationship and the things that are going to, as far as what I'm looking for in my mate, I have certain expectations, so to speak. And I know that I have to be at a certain level before those expectations can be met and for me to attract my yin to my my yang to my yin, my yin to my yang, what, whatever that, I don't even know how to say that correctly. So before we get all deep into this subject today, I want to take a moment and just recognize my sponsors and we will be right back with Don't Believe the Hype. Hey everybody, welcome back to Don't Believe the Hype. We are getting back into the groove with talking about fairy tale relationships are not what you think. <laughs> uh, so I was talking to my friend, uh, Brittany Lang, and she's 28. Brit, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. <laughs> she has a YouTube channel and she does a lot of reading and she is uh, my other friend, Kim Isabel. She's her daughter. And so, you know, we're all friends and we talk pretty regularly. And we were talking about my podcast and you know, Kim had reached out to me when she was listening to the Car Chronicles and she was like, we need to talk about this. And she forgot to take notes and she forgot what it was she wanted to tell me. So because I was going to do another segment on feeling enough because I feel like I haven't really touched on it. I feel like there's something missing. I think that's a better way to put it. I feel like there's still something missing about women feeling like they are enough or not feeling like they are enough in relationships in life or just in general. And Brittany chimed in and, you know, she said, and it, this kind of goes along in with the not feeling enough, you know, when, when we get into relationships or we have this misconception of what a relationship is supposed to be like, and, you know, we grow up as little girls and we're watching, you know, the fairy tales, you've got Moana and you've got Snow White and you've got... I can't even remember half of them now. And you've got Elsa and Rapunzel and, you know, Cinderella. You get all these and Sleeping Beauty. You get all of these, these princesses who go through a little bit of discomfort in life and they end up with a prince. And it's Prince Charming and he comes and he sweeps you off your feet and you live happily ever after. And everything is so awesome and beautiful and wonderful. And you, know, you never have any arguments. And, you know, he's this, this most gorgeous man in this most perfect body. And he has only has eyes for you. That's a lie. And I can't let you believe it. <laughs> I just can't. Like, it's great. Don't get me wrong. Fairy tales are great when we are children. It gives us as little girls hope that we are going to have this great even awesome 
maybe even perfect relationship when we get older and we get married. And I want to stress this because I stressed it in the last two episodes about just because you're a female doesn't mean you have to have children. It doesn't mean that you have to be married. It doesn't, you know, if you decide that you don't want to be married and that's not in the spectrum of of something that you want for your future, that's okay. If you decide that having children is not for you, you know what? Don't have kids. That's the best thing that you could do for you and and the children that you would have had that you didn't want and for society because now you're resentful of having children because somebody twisted your arm and said, hey, this is the way you're, this is the way it's supposed to be. And I know for a fact that there are a lot of parents or grandparents when their kids get married, when are you going to have me some grandbabies? And don't give me, I'm a grandmother, a Gigi. I don't use that word. I'm a Gigi. And I love my grandkids more than life itself. But if my kids have never had any grandchildren for me, I'm perfectly okay with that because it's their life to live. It's their decision to to make whether or not they want to have any children. It's their decision whether or not they want to get married. You know, I have no say so in that. They have to live their life for them. So how does that tie into fairy tales? Well, fairy tales tell you that, you know, you're supposed to meet your Prince Charming and you're supposed to get married and you're supposed to have children and that's the way it's supposed to be. Well, you know what? Like you may have different beliefs. You may have something else that you would rather do. Maybe you'd rather travel the world and chase your dreams versus getting married and having children. Maybe you want to go to Africa and build schools for children versus getting married. Maybe you want to live the laptop laptop lifestyle and travel the world on your own. And being married was never a, a thought in your head. Yay you. Go live your dreams. Maybe you wanted to be an attorney. And you wanted to move up and be a judge someday. And be in the Supreme Court. Yay you. Being married and having children was never a part of that, that dream or that vision. Nobody said that you have to do any of that stuff. That's your decision and your decision only. If we give in to what the fairy tales say should be in a relationship, we're setting ourselves up. I believe this is, this is just my personal belief. I believe that if we fall for what the fairy tales say is and we succumb to the pressure of loved ones, family, friends, others, people in the cheap seats trying to get a VIP opinion in our life, we're still trying to do the people pleaser thing and make everybody else happy. You're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for heartache and you're setting yourself up to be divorced at the end of the day. That's my belief. And, and how can I say that? Because I've been divorced twice and I did exactly that. You know, I, I married my, my kid's dad. And I think I've shared this on a podcast before. I married my kid's dad because, you know what, he was safe. He was an escape out of my mother's house. I did not want to be in my mother's house anymore. I needed to be set free. I needed somewhere that was safe and not in her home. I've shared multiple times that there was 
sexual abuse going on in my house. There was physical abuse going on in my house. There was verbal abuse going on in my house. And when I got out of high school, I was going to Herzing Institute to become a legal secretary. I met my kid's dad uh, while I was at school. He was going for IT. Uh, We met at a school party and a year later we got married. But, you know, he was a nice guy. He spent money on me. Uh, he was good to me, better than anybody else treated me. I, you know, he didn't yell at me, didn't cuss at me, didn't put his hands on me. Those were my only, those were my only rules to get married. Like, I, you, you had to be nice to me. You had to spend a little bit of money on me. And you couldn't put your hands on me. And you couldn't force me to have sex with you. That was, that was my only rules. For me to get married to you. And you got me out of my mother's house. I'm 51 now. And looking back on those set of rules. They freaking sucked. That's honest. You know. Can I say that I loved my kid's dad? Yes. I loved him. Was I in love with him? Knowing what real love truly is. Right now in this moment. Because I have been truly in love with somebody. Head over heels in love with somebody since then. Um, No, I was not in love with him. I loved him. I got two beautiful children and three beautiful grandchildren out of that. And I'm ever so thankful that he came into my life at the point in time that he did. If you know anything about the law of attraction, you know that we attract who we are. We, We can be going through bad things and we focus so much on what it is that we want My focus was getting the hell out of my mom's house. My focus was on, they can't be abusive. They can't be alcoholics. They've got to spend some money on me. They've got to be nice to me. Those, you, I got exactly what it was that I wanted. I got exactly what it was that I asked for in that moment, space, and time. I didn't know any better. I didn't have anything to base a good relationship off of. I didn't have anything to base a healthy relationship off of because my mother had nothing but garbage relationships. She was married six different times. Like, and all of the people that she married was abusive. They were either raging alcoholics, physically, mentally, verbally abusive, sexually abusive, all of them. So that was my picture of what I did not want in my life as a relationship. I want you guys to think about your past relationships and you can get it. If you've got a space and time right now to get out a pen and a piece of paper, I really recommend that you do this as an exercise. So I want you to think about your past relationships and you can put, write their names down if you want to. I want you to write down, I would say probably do three. You really don't. It, if you if you've only had like three major relationships in your life, great. If you've had five, great. I don't, I, I don't know how old you are and you're listening to my, to my podcast, but like, I don't need you going through every single relationship that you've been through in order to do this exercise. I would say three to five is really all that you need. The, the three to five that come to mind first, because those are going to be the major ones that made the most impact on your life, your relationship life. My kid's dad, like I said, he was nice to me. He spent money on me. He was a good father. He was a good husband. He took care of me. But after I found out that my mother had done all the sexual abuse and stuff to me, we just grew apart. I I can't put a finger on exactly what happened or why it happened or whatever. 
we just, there was no connection. There was no chemistry. It, It just wasn't working out. I tried to get him to do counseling. He didn't want to do counseling. So I asked for a divorce and we, we parted ways. What I learned from that relationship was that you can love somebody and not be in love with them. They can treat you good. They can spend money on you. They can help you have babies. But if they're not in love with you and you don't have any communication and there's no chemistry and there's not really any attraction for the two of you, what else do you have? When only one of you has a voice in that relationship, I I needed to know that I had a voice. I didn't have a voice in that relationship. In the the realm of the area that we were in, in Alabama, it was very customary for the woman to submit to her husband, which the way that it was taught was that the man was always right and you had to do what he said. If he said you were going to be a stay-at-home mom, then that's what you did. You were a stay-at-home mom. You had to give up your goals, your dreams, your your aspirations, whatever. You, you weren't asked if that's what you want to do. You were told that's what you're going to do. That's where your self-worth starts getting questioned. You start forgetting who you are because you're told who you can be. I didn't see that then, but I know that now. He never told me I had to be a stay-at-home mom. We needed to, I could, I I did the stay-at-home mom for a little while and I did not love it and I went back to work. That was not ever, not ever in the, in the scope of things that I wanted to be. I never aspired to be a stay-at-home mom. It was not my, not my thing. My second husband, he was, ugh. I hate to even use this word, but he was convenient. Like I wasn't, I was now a single mom of two small children under the age of five. I had a decent job. I had just bought a mobile home. I was living close to my kid's dad, but I wasn't sure that I could raise two kids on my own. I did not want to be a single mom. I did not want to be like my mom. That was my goal. I did not want to be like my mom. This was a guy that I played softball with. We had great chemistry. Uh, We had good communication as far as I could remember. The sex was great, so that was a bonus. He was nice to me. He spent a little money on me. There's my other two needs for me to, to marry you. And he was good to my kids. So we got married. He made sure that the bills were paid. We worked together. We ended up buying a house and... You know, we had all of these things. We had a business between the two of us. We made over six, six figures a year. But we weren't, I, I think he was more in love with me than I was in love with him. I was in love with the idea that I could make this marriage work. I was determined to make my second marriage work. I didn't want to get divorced a second time because I didn't want to be like my mom and get divorced however many times that was. He fit the criteria of what I wanted at that time. I wanted somebody to be attentive. I wanted somebody to be nice to me. I wanted somebody to spend money on me. I wanted the sex to be great. I wanted somebody to be good to my kids. And I wanted somebody to help me pay the bills. He fit everything that I was asking for. I attracted somebody that fit everything that I was asking for. And that is exactly what I got. 
seven years later, it fell apart. I had gained a bunch of weight. I got in the gym. I started losing. I lost all my weight. I, when I was married to him, I jumped up to 174 pounds, which was the second heaviest I had been in my life. I, w- I delivered at 164 pounds with my son. Got up to 174 pounds when I was married to him. Lost it all back down. Got down to 133 pounds. He wanted to know who I was losing weight for. Got pissed off at me and started cheating on me with a big girl at his work. It, didn't, it wasn't anything to do with me. It had everything to do with him. I can look back now and see all the controlling tactics that he was doing while we were together. And I would assume that I overlooked them because I didn't want to get a divorce again. And it wasn't that bad. He wasn't putting his hands on me. He never put his, I want to say he never put his hands on me. We, he pushed me one time, but he never hit me. And I retaliated really bad that time that he put his hand, that he pushed me and he never did that again. So, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a great relationship, but I attracted exactly what it was that I was asking for. So I want you to, you know, go back to the exercise and I'm kind of little all over the place because my mind is jumping from thing to thing to thing. When I'm telling you to do something, I go back to that moment in time. If you... Look at your three to five relationships that pop up in your mind. You can immediately think of things that you did not like about that relationship. Because if you like those things about that relationship, I would venture to guess you would still be in them. I want you to you know, leave a little space in between the names. And I want you to write down five, no more than 10 things about that relationship that you did not like at all and do that for each one of those people you can hit pause here if that's what you want to do and then write those out after you write those out I want you to turn the page turning the page is a physical thing like you're turning the page you're letting that go on the next page I want you to write those same names and I want you to write down all of the wonderful things all of the good things about that relationship that you really enjoyed that you loved about that relationship what was it about that person that made you get into that relationship in the first place what were the things that he or you or the both of you together cultivated during that relationship that if you had to move forward into a new relationship you would want to carry that with you so I want you to write down you know Three to five, 10 things, you know, if you've got more than 10, then write down 10. But the good things, like I want you to focus on the good things, right? So you can hit pause again. I want you to do that, write that out. When you get done writing those out, we're going to get a fresh new piece of paper. And now we're going to cultivate what I like to call a -a Build-A-Bear exercise. And we're going to think about... Actually, before we do that, this next page is for you. I want you to write down, and this is where, this is going to require a level of honesty with yourself that you may feel uncomfortable with right now, especially, you know, because I I do some, some deep soul work with you guys, and I really push some buttons that may make you feel uncomfortable, and this is probably going to make you feel uncomfortable. There's no one person that is completely at fault for a relationship fail. 
I'm going to say that again. There's no one person who is 100% at fault for a relationship fail. And when I say relationship fail, that means that that relationship is no longer together. So that relationship failed. It was a failure, not a failure. That relationship failed. It was not a good either one or both of you. One of you grew and the other one didn't or both of you grew and you grew in separate directions. Generally, it's the latter or a combination of the two. So I want you to write down in each of those relationships three to five things that you contributed to the breakup of that relationship. I can be honest and say that in my relationships, I was probably not the easiest person to live with. My first relationship, I wasn't happy. I really wasn't. I, I, I put my happiness in my kids and I put my happiness in other people's pockets and I wanted things to be my way. And when I wasn't happy, I, I asked for us to get counseling. And he said, no. And I was like, okay, I'm done. And I had zero emotion. Like looking back on that relationship now, I had zero emotion about walking away from that relationship. Zero emotion, which means I had been done for a really long time. I don't know when that done moment happened. My second relationship, like I drank a lot of alcohol during that second relationship. My son went to go live with his, with his father and my daughter was the only one at home. And there was a lot of emotional turmoil in my house. And I chose to stay because I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want a second divorce. I chose the, what everybody would tell you to do, stay together for the kids. I wouldn't do it with my, with my kid's father. Why would I do it with a second one? So seven years later, I, I contributed to that. You know what I mean? I wasn't the best person to live with. I was very, uh, I was very disrespectful in that marriage. Uh, in my own right. And, and I'll own that. You know what I mean? He didn't deserve some of the things that I did or said in that relationship. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that he's found somebody now and has a better marriage and, and has a better life. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad he's better. And I'm better for, for having been in that relationship. I had to grow. I didn't know that going through that relationship at the time. It's, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I still had a lot of self-worth issues. I really believed that I was the common denominator in those two relationships and that I was beginning to seriously, consciously believe that I was not lovable. I'd been through two marriages and both of them failed. And I was the common denominator there. So whether it was their fault or my fault, I, I had to really look at what my part in those words. Was there something that I could take away from both of those marriages that were positive? Yes. Was there positive things that I contributed to both of those marriages? Yes. Did I bring those things forward into future relationships? I took the good and the bad because I didn't know any better. I had to really learn how to look in the mirror at myself and, and I talk about this all the time, doing the mirror work, looking in the mirror and just smile at myself. Like I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror for a really long time because I hated who I had become. 
all of the relationships after my two marriages were very sexually driven. That was before that I realized that sex was not love. My subconscious belief was sex was love. And so if any of you are looking to marry somebody because the sex is the bomb.com, don't do it. <laughs> I'm not saying that sex is not a huge part of your relationship, but it's not the only part of your relationship. Sex should be the bonus. The person that is going to be great for you is somebody that you would qualify as your best friend. Like, I want somebody that I can have like a deep ass conversation with, whether it's about my dreams or my goals, or if I have an exciting day at work, I can come home and say, Bay, look, I did da 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 da, and I helped this person do that, and I helped this person do that, and my life coaching thing today, they had this great big breakthrough and like he's totally engaged in what it is that I'm saying and he's asking questions well like how did you do that like what did what did that feel like you know what I mean that's that's what I'm looking for and then you know when I have a bad day or I'm upset or maybe a client left me or you know I lost a loved one they can sit there and they can hold me and they can let me cry and not be consumed in life and give me my moment to just feel loved and to let go of my sadness, knowing that everything else is going to be okay on the other side. I want somebody to laugh with. Like laughter is a big deal for me. Does laughter play into your relationship? Do you like somebody that likes to play cards? I love to play cards. Playing cards, we do that at, when I go home to see my kids. As part of a family tradition, we play rummy all the time. Any kind of card game we can get our hands on, we play Trump. We, uh, we play all kinds of different card games, man, and it's, it's part of what we love to do. I love to work out. I want my partner to work out. I love to go hiking. I want my partner to, to like to go hiking. Do we have to have everything that is identical and we love to do? No. I want him to have a life outside of our relationship. He, I don't want him to lose who he is to be in a partnership with me. And I don't want to lose who I am to be in a partnership with him. Like I'm an author and a writer and soon to be best-selling author. <laughs> so like, does he have to be a writer too? Absolutely not. Does he have to support my dreams and goals and not be intimidated by all the positive things that I have going on? Absolutely. If your partner is intimidated by your dreams and goals, keep it moving. If they can't support you in your dreams and goals, keep it moving. If they want to tear down your dreams and goals and question your reality about your dreams and goals, keep it moving. They're not the one. They are not the one. They may look pretty on the inside, but they're struggling with their dreams and goals and they're going to resent you for chasing yours. Cut it out. I want you, before you think about getting into a relationship, and I don't care what age you are, you know, if you're in your, I, I wish I had somebody that was in my life, in my teenage years, even my early 20s, or in between times of my marriages, even after my marriage, just somebody in my life earlier on. That would have told me like, Tammy, you got to figure out who you are before you bring somebody else to the table. 
you got to figure out who it is that you want to be before you enter into a relationship with somebody else. You got to figure it out where it is that you're going in life before you ask somebody else to come along because they may not want to go that route. What happens if you get into a relationship and then you find yourself and now you guys are on two different opposite ends of the stick? That's not going to work out. So after you've written down the things that you did that contributed to the fail of your relationship, write down the positive things, turn the page, write down the positive things that you did that contributed to the positive things in that relationship. Your next exercise is going to be, who am I? I want you to write that at the top of the page. Who am I? Who are you right now? And I don't want you to write down anything about what it is that you've done, your job, or, you know, that you're a mom. Like, I'm happy. I'm beautiful. I'm strong. I'm a survivor. I'm a conqueror. I'm as powerful as I choose to be. I am lovable. I am enough. I am worthy. Start with those things. It's like every time you walk past a mirror this week, I want you to stop for just a minute and look at the woman that's standing there and smile. Smile back at the woman staring back at you. I want you to tell her that she's beautiful. I want you to tell her that you love her. I want you to tell her that you are proud of her and how far she's come. She needs to hear it from you before it can mean anything from anybody else. You need to be able to tell yourself that you love you and that you're proud of you And that you love yourself flaws and all, man. And that you're excited about the life that you're creating and building on your own. That you can pat yourself on the back for all of your accolades. And celebrate the person that you are and who you've become. And all of the things, all the trials and tribulations that you surpassed. And created this beautiful life that you're already living. You have to be able to do all of that for you before it's going to mean anything coming from anybody else. And that's not just about relationships, man. That's not about your significant other. That's not about your soulmate. Did you know that your soulmate could, could be your best friend and not somebody that you're meant to marry? How's that for reality? Don't believe the hype, man. You've got to love you before you can love somebody else. You really do. And once you reach that level of awesomeness where you can tell yourself, I love you and I'm proud of you and I forgive you and you're awesome and you've done all of these great, awesome things and I can't believe that you've made it this far or don't even use the words can't. I like, I am so proud of how far that you've come and I'm so excited for the direction that we're going. There may be a time, and I want to prepare you for this. There may come a time when a guy comes into your life, or maybe you've already experienced this, and he says that you're too much. You're too much. It's not that you're too much. It's that he's not enough. 
If he says that you're too much, he says your talk, your laugh, your smile feel too much. He's not the one. It's because he's intimidated by your shine. He's intimidated by your dreams. He's intimidated by your goals. He's intimidated by your vision. The real problem is he's too little to appreciate that it took an entire galaxy being woven together into one soul to make you. The whole universe came together and made you the person that you are. The whole universe came together and made him who he is. But he hasn't realized that he is enough either. And fellas, if you're listening to this, I'm not beating guys up. I'm really not. I, this, is, this is about women today. I am a woman. I cannot come from a man's perspective and talk about relationships. Because I, I would love to know how you think. I really would. I would love to know how you feel about relationships and the good, the bad, the ugly, and the different. Please inbox me and let's have a conversation. Let's get real. Let's get, let's get to the nitty gritty. Matter of fact, you know what? I, I'm going to reach out to some folks. and we, I, I might have to do me an interview about some relationships. And, and let's get real uh, about the good and the bad and, and, and the ugly about relationships and what men expect and what they're looking for and how you go about determining who your girl is and, and all of that kind of good stuff. So that's, I, I think that's definitely going to be on the books. But don't, don't let a man tell you or don't let a person tell you that you're too much. If you're too much, keep it moving. Yes, you know what? I am. I am way too much for you. I'm glad that you noticed that saves that saves us a really difficult conversation later. So I wish you the best. I'm gonna let you keep it moving that way because I'm going this direction. I'm gonna holler at you. Boy bye. Girl bye. Keep it moving. You don't you don't need all of that, babe. You really don't. I want you to remember that your outer world is a reflection of what you believe about you on the inside. So if you are attracting men or women in your life that are making you feel not enough, you still haven't done enough work. You haven't gone through all of your healing to reach the pinnacle of I love you. I am enough. I am worthy and I deserve all of the things that this universe, this world, this planet has to offer. And I'm coming to take everything that they said that I couldn't have. When you are determined to get to the other side of your pain, all of your blessings are standing there waiting on you. So there's a, there's a part in Andy Andrews' book, The Traveler's Gift. And it's the, the seventh decision, I think. And he sees, he meets Gabriel and Gabriel takes him to this big warehouse. And in this warehouse, there's all of these, all of this stuff, boxes and boats and cars and mates and money and all of this stuff. And uh, David, who's the main character in the, in the story says, what is all of this stuff? He is like, these are all of people's hopes and dreams. He was like, well, why is it here in this warehouse? And he was like, because they gave up and didn't believe that they could have it. They gave up and they never believed that they could have it. 
You have to have a belief, number one, that you deserve a loving, beautiful relationship. You also have to believe that you can have it. You also have to be open to however it comes to you. You can't sit here and say that I want it, I want it, I want it, but you're bitching, moaning, groaning, complaining that you don't have it because your focus is on that you don't have it. The only way to change your circumstances is by changing your internal beliefs and attitudes and emotions. You have to change your internal thoughts. Your, we talk about this every week, man. Your thoughts, your beliefs are just thoughts you keep thinking. If you're going to change your beliefs, you have to start with changing your thoughts. Once you start changing your thoughts, your words are going to change. Your circle is going to change. The people that you attract into your life is going to change. Your attitude is going to change. Your emotions are going to change. Your emotions are going to get better. You're going to feel better. The people that are coming into your life are going to be different. The people that are showing up in your life are going to be different. You will show up to your life different. You can't expect a fairy tale when you haven't created a princess. Fairy tales are hype, man. They really are. You will have to kiss a lot of frogs before you find your prince. I'm not going to say that there are relationships that haven't lasted 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years because they are. But I guarantee you that if you sat down with a couple that's been married for 30 plus years, they will tell you that their marriage has not been perfect. And if they tell you that their marriage has been perfect, they're lying. They can't sit here and tell you that they've never had an argument. They can't sit here and tell you that they've never had a moment in time where the thought didn't cross their mind at least once. I want out. Most of the marriages that are together for that long, they made a decision when they got married. We are going to work this out no matter what. Divorce is not an option, no matter how it came along. But you have to decide, man. You have to cultivate an inner belief that you deserve and that you are worthy of a love so deep that you're going to be sitting on cloud nine all the rest of the days of your life. You can cultivate that love for yourself way before a partner ever comes to you. I believe that all of the relationships that I've been through, the good and the bad, and I've had some that were good and bad. They were there for me when I needed them to be there for me. They were my rock when I needed them to be my rock. They were my life raft when I needed them to be my life raft. But they were never meant to be my forever. And I held on to them because they were safe. And I needed to learn how to save myself. And I'm going to keep saying that because I know somebody needs to hear that. Men are not put on this planet to save you, ladies. Fellas, it's not your job to save us. It's really not. Can you help us save ourselves? Absolutely. Would we appreciate it? Most of us, yes. Some of us, we got to bust our head against the wall, man. And we've got to figure it out for ourselves. I was the one that had to bust my head against the wall and I had to figure it out for myself. If somebody helped me, then I expected it. I expected people to help me. And it played into my victim. And I've broken up with my victim. She no longer exists. So now when I look at the mate that I want. I have, I know what he looks like. 
I know how tall I want him to be. I know what his body looks like. Uh, I know what type of job it is that I want him to have. I know roughly about how much money he should be making a year because it's something congruent with what I'm bringing to the table. I know that if he has kids, they're grown. They're not living at home because I'm done raising kids. I have grandkids. They can't want any more children. They have to want to travel. They have to love to laugh. They have to love to work out. They have to be strong enough to stand up to me when I'm acting a complete ass because I know that day is coming. (laughs) I have my days just like everybody else. I am going to act a straight donkey. There's going to be a time that comes when I'm going to need you to rattle me and snap me out of whatever bullshit it is that I'm throwing at you. And then hug me and tell me how much you love me and everything's going to be okay. I need him to be compassionate. I need him to be understanding. I need him to be intelligent. I need him to be strong. And at the same time, I need him to be vulnerable and feel like I am his safe place too. And that he can talk to me about anything. I need him to be trustworthy and honest. And I need him to be faithful. Those are all the same things that I'm bringing to the table. What are you willing to bring to the table for your relationship? Do you have a list? If you don't, you need to make one. And as your potential mates start coming into your experience, start coming into your life, I would keep pulling out that list. Does he meet these things? You need to decide which of those things on your list are deal breakers. Like if they don't have X, Y, and Z, we can't be together. Or if he does X, Y, and Z, these things, we can't be together. Like a smoker? Nope. Can't smoke. Can't smoke cigarettes. Can't smoke cigars. Can't smoke pipes. Can't smoke marijuana. None of that is in the realm of anything that I am willing to tolerate. It's not, I'm, it's not acceptable in my book. I don't knock anybody that does it. I just don't do anything with smoke at all. I'm a former smoker. I don't love the smell of smoke. I don't love the smell of pipes. I don't, I hate the smell of cigars. Uh, and I do not like the smell of weed. So I don't, it's, it's just not for me. Like I said, I don't knock anybody that does it. Find somebody that smokes and you guys can be a happy couple together. But being a personal trainer and being healthy and I just, it's, it's not a good look for me. I, it's not something that is, is in my realm of what I'm willing to accept. Those are deal breakers. If you want children, it's a deal breaker for me. Long distance, it's a deal breaker for me. Moving to somewhere where it's cold and has snows on the regular during the winter, that's a deal breaker to me. Somebody that doesn't love to travel, that's a deal breaker to me. You know, uh, whether or not they want to go hiking, eh, it's negotiable. You know, I, I'm very clear on what it is that I want. And uh, I have somebody that I've started talking to and he's very aware of exactly what it is that I expect, exactly what it is that I want or not. And he said it's very refreshing for a woman to tell him exactly what it is that they want and what they expect. And that's it. Like, I, there's no bones about this is the way that it is. Because I was like, I'm really digging on you. And if you're not looking for a long-term permanent relationship, I need to cut ties with you now. Because I'm not going to waste my time or yours. And I don't, I, I have no desire to get my heart busted wide open again. So I'm going to throw that out there. And he was like, well, damn, Gina, you can put it out there like that. Absolutely. And he was like, no, he was like, please tell me you're a woman that pays attention. Because we've had this conversation before. And I was like, yeah, that was before I decided I liked you. 
So I wanted to make sure that you heard me say that I liked you, that I'm digging on you, that I like you a lot. And we need to figure this out. If a man can tell you that he likes the fact that you are very clear on what it is that you want, you know you're on the right path. If a man is not intimidated by your grind, by your hustle, by your dreams, by your goals, and he's willing to support and be your biggest cheerleader and help you keep your head screwed on straight when things get tough, you're on the right track. If your chemistry and your connection and your communication make your heart sing, you're on the right track. If your physical connection makes your heart sing, that's a bonus and is definitely adding to the track. <laughs> I really hope that you guys got some value out of this today. I want you to know how important and how loved you really are. You know, I want you to love yourself. I want you to know that you are enough and that you are worthy of all the things that this world and this planet has to offer you. And that includes a loving relationship. There are no perfect fairy tale relationships. You know what I mean? It's great for cartoons and to, to, you know, little girls to wear their princess outfits and this, that, and the other. And, you know, a relationship that's perfect for you is perfect for you. And there are going to be good and bad times in that relationship. But if you cultivate the right, the right type of relationship before you enter into it, the bad times won't be deal breakers. And it will be somebody that will love you endlessly. You got to remember too that caring what other people think about you and how you go about cultivating your relationship or preparing yourself to get ready for a relationship is useless. Yeah, I, I, I love that quote from, from Rachel Hollis, man. Don't give people in the cheap seats an expensive VIP opinion in your life. That includes your relationships, all relationships, family, your dreams, your goals, whatever that looks like. Because most people, when they're so free with their opinions about what you should do about your life, they don't even know what to think about themselves, man. They don't even know what to think about themselves. They ain't got no dreams. They ain't got no goals. They ain't got no aspirations. They just don't want you going forward because they know they're going to be left behind. If they can shoot down your dreams, then they don't have to think about the dreams that they left behind. If they can shoot down your relationship, they don't feel so bad about their relationship getting shot down. Don't let, don't let the haters dull your shine, man. When somebody shot, tries to throw some shade on your shine, turn the heat up on your, on your light, man, and make that, make that shade turn into a shadow and you keep it moving, including your, any relationship, romantic or otherwise. If they are not helping throw the logs on your fire, if they're not helping turn up the, the brightness on your shine, keep it moving. They're not meant to be in your circle. They're not meant to be there because all they're going to do is drag you down. I want you vibrating and lifting yourself up so high that they got to question how they're going to approach you. They got to think about how they're going to have a conversation with you. And if they're, if they could, if they've got to think about the conversation, they can, they can even think about having with you and they can still approach you and uh, attempt to have a conversation. That's the person that you need to entertain. If you intimidate them and they still have got enough balls to come up and have a conversation with you, that's the person you need to entertain having a conversation with. Have all your, have your checks and balances. 
it'll all work out. I, I don't know if I hit all the nails on the head today, but that was just what was on my heart after the conversation that I had with uh, with Britt Nicole, her mom Kim today, and I hope that shined a little light on fairy tales and don't believe the hype <laughs> and relationships and don't believe the hype and listening to what other people think. Don't believe the hype, man. You get to decide it all. You get to create it all. You are a creator. And the decision and the choice is totally 100% in your control at all times. So love you guys to the moon and back. Please, 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 if you have not already, I would super, super, super appreciate it if you would go to, if you're listening on your iPhone or Apple podcast, go hit the five star rating and leave me a comment uh, so we can move up the charts in the in the ratings and get so I can help reach more people. Uh, if you love this podcast, please share it on all of your social medias and let your friends and family know how awesome it is to listen to this podcast. If, oh, one more thing. If you have not joined my Life Awakening podcast group on Facebook yet, I will put the link in the show notes so that you can just click there and it will take you directly there and I will just answer the questions and we will approve you to get in. And I think that's about it. My new book, I go next Saturday actually to uh, take the picture for my book cover for Dear Victim, It's Time for Us to Break Up Now. And I am expecting a launch date around July 4th. So we're getting closer and closer. I'm super excited about all of that. I'm getting some rave reviews from all of my proofreaders and from people that got an advanced review copy of the book. So I am super excited to share this with all of you. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart. I think you are awesome. I love you guys to the moon and back. And I will see you next week. Bye-bye now.